the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. Can't believe I made it. <laughs> uh, I never thought I'd live this long. <laughs> I'm not that old, by the way. But <clears throat> anyway, longevity, big question for most people. Big part of retirement planning. Um, how long are you going to live? And you really don't know. And uh, it's really funny because all the courses that you take in financial planning on, on uh, retirement planning, they forced you to pick a number. They they literally force you to tell them how long you think you're going to live. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we could all know that? <laughs> so here's what I uh here's what I do. I just say I just pretend you're going to live forever. You're just going to keep right on living. Okay, why? Because you don't know when you're going to die. <laughs> That's the uh, and if you do know, don't tell me. That creeps me out. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so. Uh, Along those lines, I've got a seminar coming up January 30th. It's called the Question and Answer Seminar. Okay, We're going to talk about how long the economy uh, is going to last, why this one's probably going to be the longest in the history of our country. Uh, we're going to talk about where the future growth is going to come from, how do you identify and invest in the opportunities that result from those developments. That's a big one. We're going to talk about our interest rates ever going to go up again. We're also going to talk about, is it possible to minimize taxes without reducing your returns? Almost all those tax advantage funds, by the way, the vast majority of them have not done as well as an average uh, balance fund over time because they, they try to, or actually an average stock fund, because trying to manage your taxes and your returns are incredibly difficult unless you've got the billions of dollars that the ETF industry does and can affect Congress's law writing ability, <laughs> which is exactly what has happened. The, um, the it's, it's unbelievable. The ETF industry has so much money under management and has been able to literally dictate to Congress how they're going to tax <laughs> their investments. I mean, that, that blows my mind. So anyway, how do you minimize risk when the stock market is so volatile? Not what you might think. I'm going to spend a, just a few minutes on each of those topics, and then I'm going to stop and start taking questions. 
So if there's anything you've ever wanted to ask a professional investment advisor, now's your chance. <laughs> go to uh, you know, go to the seminar, sign up, go to Bullington Capital to sign up online. It's free. There's no cost to attend, but seating is limited. And uh, I think this is going to be uh, a lot of fun. You know, everybody keeps wondering, when is the next recession coming? Who cares? Yeah, you can't predict it anyway. So why worry about it? And just be prepared for it. You know, you got to kind of be like the Boy Scouts. Always be prepared. Always be prepared for a correction. That way, when it does come, not that much, you know, not that big a deal. And, uh, and, and you'll know what to do. That's the big thing. And one of the reasons I think I'm still in business, I'm, you know, the big correction, it came in 2008, 2009, started in 2007. The, uh, by the way, it started in small mid cap and international stocks in April of 2007. The S and P 500 didn't roll over until November of 2008. Think about that for a second. So everybody's looking at the S and P going, Hey, it's still going up. Yeah, but it's the only thing that's going up. <laughs> Everything else is going down and, and pretty fast, I might add. So how do you handle that? How do you plan for that if you don't know when it's going to happen? And the answer is always be prepared. That's the answer. I'm going to show you exactly how to do that. We're going to talk about exactly how you do that. Now, why interest rates? you got to be very careful with interest rates. By the way, if, if you have questions... Feel free to email me, bill at bullingtoncapital.com, or just go to my website, Bullington Capital. There's a, uh, you can send in uh, questions there. And I did get a question from somebody, and I, I'll probably wait until the uh, second segment to answer it. But it was asking about the uh, MLPs, Master Limited Partnerships, that have done horribly over the past four years or so. Prior to that, they were doing fantastically. And then Congress changed some rules and the uh, things happened. The prices of, of natural gas actually dropped, made it a lot less profitable. There were some other laws that changed that caused a lot of companies to restructure. And um, But, you know, hopefully most of that's over by now. And we're, we're going to talk about that. Um, that was what the question was pertaining to. We're going to talk about that when we come back from our first commercial break because I think the opportunities there are still very good. And, you know, if you're still hanging in there with them, with the uh, MLPs, you might finally be getting making some progress. By the way, the yield on some of the products that invest in that area, it's around 8%. Think about that for a second. 8% yield. And, uh, you know, so if the trouble is truly behind them, then that's probably one of the more attractive asset classes now uh, in the investment universe. So we'll talk more about that in the, the second part of today's show. And if you'd like to call in and ask a question, the number is 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And, and really, I appreciate the fact that somebody took the time to go to my website and, and ask a question. That helps me so much with doing my uh, preparing for my radio show. I don't know if you've ever sat in a room and talked to yourself for an hour, but eventually you get bored <laughs> and you run out of stuff to say. <laughs> so it uh, it does help. If you've got any types of questions at all. And, um, you know, we'll always go over a little bit of the, the retirement plan. I, I think it was kind of funny. Um, I had some people come and, you know, we were, I was 
highlighting the fact that we'll be doing a retirement plan. And, and I went over the material and after the seminar, people called or called, they emailed and said, Hey, you didn't talk about retirement planning. I'm like, uh, yeah, I actually did. Yeah. And I'm wondering where they were <laughs> during that part of the conversation. But realistically, retirement plan is not that difficult. It really isn't. If you narrow it down to just the most important items, okay, the fundamentals, you have sources of income like Social Security and a pension, if you have one, and you have assets, savings, basically, and then you have your ability to earn income. Okay, Those are the three sources of income that you've got. You can do some work. Uh, you can rely on your your the assets that you've accumulated during your lifetime, and then you have pension sources. That's it. I think they used to call that the three-legged stool, something like that. So anyway, it's really not that difficult. When you add up all the amount that you've saved, you're probably going to want to figure out. I used to say 5%, but now BlackRock's saying use 4.5% because we think the returns are going to be lower. It's okay. Use 4.5%. So if you take 4.5% of your savings, you take your sources of Social Security or uh, sources of income, which are what would, would be Social Security or a pension, and uh, you add those two together, well, that's what you would have to be able to do your budget on if you didn't work. Now, if that's not enough to live on, you know, that's, that's why you still have the ability to work. And I, you know, honestly, I think everybody should work in retirement. I think even if you don't need the money, donate it to charity. You should work in retirement because the, the people that I've seen, I've been doing this for about 30 years, and our focus has typically been on preparing for retirement. And you are never too young to start preparing for retirement. You are never too young. People ask me all the time, well, what's a good time to start preparing, preparing for retirement? And it's when you're about 12. And everybody thinks I'm kidding or being a smart aleck. I'm not. When you look at the number, like how large that number is. So let's say you're going to take four and a half percent. Okay. On a hundred thousand dollars, four and a half percent is only 4,500 bucks a year. A year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you need to start looking right when you're about 12. <laughs> but that's if you wanted to do it easily. Okay. And everybody's going to be a little bit different. Um, I've never seen two family household budgets that are the same. I've just never seen it. And, and actually, I've a lot of married couples have very different ideas on what they should be doing financially. So one of the roles I was I was going to get to play that I still that I'm playing today uh, that I wasn't aware of when I started off in this industry is I get to be a marriage counselor. <laughs> It's one of the many roles that that we that one of the many hats we have to hair uh, hair have to wear. Sometimes you know I just can't speak, <laughs> so and I think that's that's pretty funny. But you know when we come back from the commercial break, we got about four or five minutes before that. But I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about some things I've been reading lately. And you know why I think that this bull market's probably going to be the longest bull market in the history of the world, and it's already close to that. It's already close. And I think, I don't think we're done. I don't think we're, I don't think we're even halfway there. And, uh, I'm very glad that stock prices haven't run away and haven't valuations aren't at a level where they're too high. 
I'm very uh, thankful that we have products that we can invest in, like a uh, an MLP index, rather than having to do the individual ones and all that paperwork. Boy, that was a killer. Uh, that have very very good yields. I mean, the yields are are awesome. You know, you're talking about yields from back, you know, 30 years ago. And why are the yields so high? Well, because share prices are so low. You know, that that's what happens. When the share price goes down, the yield goes up. Think about this for a second. I got a stock. It's a hundred bucks a share, and the dividend is three dollars. Okay, that's three percent. If the share price of the stock goes down to 50, that 3% yield now becomes a 6% yield. How cool is that? The uh, It doesn't make the people that invested at 100 feel good when they say, well, you know, at least the current yield is 6%. You know, or they, they typically, um, they're upset. I understand. And uh, But if the only thing that's changed, if the outlook for that company has not changed and the share price is really the only thing that's changed, which happens all the time in stocks. And you might be faced with a really good opportunity. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that because i got to go to Phil right now. Is this Uncle Phil? Phil. Hey. What are you doing? What's happening <laughs> up there? <laughs> oh, I'm just uh, having a ball, uh, talking okay, to you. Good. good. i got two, uh, two questions. Okay. Uh, why would somebody with an opportunity – to get a 401k Roth, not do it? Um, a lack of education. Okay. That, that would be it. <laughs> good answer. Yes. Okay, that's number one. And number two is a math problem. I know you're good at math. And I'm missing something, I think. <clears throat> okay. Ready? Yep. Uh, two mutual funds are balanced. One, one charges 0.54 a year. Right. And the other one charges 0.07 a year. But if I buy the second one, the cheaper one, there's a $75 transaction fee. Okay. And if we do $50,000 in either one, and I'm like looking at these numbers and they're like, there's no, it's a no brainer, no? Uh, absolutely not. You really need to pull up the top holdings in both of those funds. Now, if yeah. the if the funds are identical, because they do have they do have different class share classes where some of them have lower yeah. expense ratios than others. So, if they're yeah. the identical fund, then yeah, you obviously got to go with the cheaper one. But yeah. you you but really it, yeah the uh, the cost should be the very last thing that you're looking at. Yeah, I mean it's a huge thing. I mean, if you look at fifty thousand dollars investing in it. Either one, I'm like, yeah, hey. but if that's your focus, dude, I'm telling you, you're going down a path that's going to snap you back one day, and uh, you'll be really sorry that you did that. You you, you have yeah. to look at what they're doing with the money. Gotcha. Well, the, the returns are about the same every year. They're in the, you know, within a point or two. No, uh, it depends. It really depends. Yeah. I remember a, a, I've had so much experience with this. There was a fund that was very inexpensive to invest in. Uh, it was an asset allocation. It was going to be an active asset allocation fund. Had a great track record. The manager was just phenomenal. Okay, so putting a lot of money into this thing, and then for some reason, this guy—I don't know what you what got into his mind. And this is one of the reasons that I'm not a big fan of picking individual managers. That this was kind of the last straw for me. Okay, this guy goes out and puts a 
third of the money into pork bellies. Literally, <laughs> literally, pork bellies. Yes. That fund got crushed. Crushed. It, it had a 10-year track record that was awesome. Yeah. And he ruins wow. it in six months because he got this idea. I don't know what was happening. Wow. I mean, maybe, you know, he, he went on a binge. Who knows? The, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the problem with picking individual managers yeah. is that <laughs> sooner or later, you know, and Peter Lynch actually put it best, I think. He said uh, sooner or later the market makes everybody look like a chump. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I like math. I'd rather use math over uh, trying to pick the the winners because that that is really hard to do. But gotcha, gotcha. Okay, pal. Hey, get back to work. Thanks. Have a good weekend. Merry Christmas. You too. Bye. And Terry, you got a question or comment? Hello. Hey. Hello. How you doing, Bill? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm a first-time caller. Oh, a nice. long time listener. Love your show. Oh, thanks. Um, first and foremost, uh, the music theme that you use, I love that. What what uh, What is that? Um, I'd like it, to listen to more, more of it. Yeah, it actually comes from the fish. It's uh, Christian contemporary. And, uh, okay. Yeah, I really like it. I think it, uh, makes me feel better when, you know, I listen to, you can actually find channels on YouTube that, that play a lot of the music, the most popular ones. Um, and, uh, so I, I listen to it all the time, but it makes you feel better. You know, I, I love it. Do you know what the specific name of that tune is? Oh, I do not. Um, we have them rotating, okay. uh, various, various songs and various groups. And, uh, in fact, I think, well, the one uh, that oh, go ahead. Open your show with. I'll have to look it up, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> well, I'll continue to listen. Okay. <laughs> um, I do have a question, or I have a couple of them. Um, does a financial planner, a certified financial planner, right. when they buy shares in the mutual funds mm -hmm. for their clients, right. do they pay the same uh, initial sales charge, let's say for A shares, that an individual investor would or, or you know what terry i i gotta take a break can you hang on yes okay thank you You're listen to bill bullington right here i'll be back right after these commercial messages thanks for listening Listening to Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning, 11 to noon. You can also find this on the Fish's uh, podcast section, 955thefish.com, or you can go to Bullington Capital. You can download it there, and it's also available on iHeartRadio. Anyway, got to go to, back to Terry. Terry, you still there? Yes, sir. Hey, can you remind me of what we were talking about? I went, uh, I do this every commercial break. I start looking at all this other stuff, <laughs> and then I forget. Okay. My my question was: the, Do CFPs, when they're buying uh, a shares of mutual funds for their clients, do they pay the same initial sales charge as an individual investor would, or is there some kind of a price break or something? And I'm asking this question for a friend sure. who had some concerns about uh, uh, not showing uh, 
much an increase in what her initial amount was that she had invested with the uh, CFP, and she thought that she's uh, not showing uh, much profit so far. And right. She's only been invested with this person uh, since uh, early July. Oh, yeah. And I said, well, it could be because of some uh, initial sales charges that were involved with purchasing. It, it, uh, it could be, but she would see that on the paperwork. Um, and you can look that up in the account. And only for me, and by the way, the CFP, um, and I, I took those classes like 30 years ago. And uh, I just never let, I, I, I never consummated the thing because there's a lot of reasons for it. But uh, if I'm talking to the CFP, it's, it's just a generalist, basically. It's a financial advisor who uh, looks at all kinds of things. Um, and I'm actually studying for the uh, CRP scene now. That's that's a retirement planning counselor, just to keep the credentials up to date and keep up to date with like Social Security and Medicare, which are really difficult to keep up with because all the changes they come up with every year. But uh, CFPs really uh, it, it aggravates the living dog out of me of what those guys do. In my opinion, they're cleverly disguised insurance agents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, if you see what the uh, is in the material that they have to study, that's like half of it's insurance. And if you followed their their guidelines, you wouldn't be able to afford to invest anything because you'd be put spending so much money on insurance. And uh, so it's just not it. I I think it's a great marketing program, and they're probably I'll probably hear from one of their lawyers now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it doesn't matter who you're dealing with. Um, if you're dealing with somebody who's a fiduciary, now CFPs are not required to be fiduciaries. They're really? Not, yes. They they have the ability to sell commission product, which means, in my personal opinion, you can't be unbiased if product A is going to pay a 5% commission, product B pays no commission. How do you be unbiased? Especially if you're getting your compensation from commissions. So you want to find somebody who's a fiduciary, uh, an accredited fiduciary is even better. That means that, you know, they've actually sworn an oath and gone through a background check. <laughs> and the, uh, uh, and they have to tell you, they have to tell you everything. All that stuff should be up front, should be pretty clear before you ever even begin. You should never be having these questions, in other words. Well, like I said, I'm asking for a friend and, and unfortunately, um, She's not really a much of an educated right. uh, investor, so right. uh, put it put it frankly, she has asked for not to see all the paperwork because uh, she doesn't understand it, and to yeah. her, it's just a, a sea of paper. Right. Well, that, so that's unfortunately, yeah. She she doesn't know what to look for, even if she does get the paperwork. Right. And see, that's that's and actually the the biggest, I think service that people like myself provide or we're supposed to uh, is trying to get people up to the point where they can at least be comfortable with what they're doing. They, and, and it's hard. I mean, when you deal with somebody who's brand new, that is not easy to do. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's really tough. If somebody invested in the S and P 500, by the way, in September of 2019, and by the way, the past eight years, the S and P has kind of smoked nine out of 10 funds. Uh, it's actually done better than nine out of ten. That won't always be that way, and there are some. There are a lot of reasons for that. We'll get into that on future shows. But I'm just saying, if you invested in September of 2018, you're only up eight percent, and you when you 
a month after you started, you were down 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that, that's one of the reasons that, uh, I don't use that fund or I use it very sparingly is because it, it is really volatile and scare people out. And you go through two years and, and you're only up 8%. You're like, Hey, <laughs> what's up? The, uh, that doesn't right. seem like a whole lot of money, especially the, you know, the fact that I had to go down 20% first, you know, that, that scares people. So, uh, sure. You know, and I'd be glad to take a look at that. Uh, but that that is something that you, you do rely on your advisors for. And I get it, too. I, you know, people come in and, and look, I've got a small amount of money to invest and I really want to do well. And uh, unfortunately, they don't have the time that it takes to even become a, a knowledgeable, you know, sophisticated uh, consumer. Most of the really sophisticated consumers have advisors and you know, they do. Um that's one of the reasons they're sophisticated. There's a lot of moving parts you know, and, and stuff goes on that, that maybe shouldn't. Why are small caps lagging large caps? So, so many years in a row, uh, because it happens from time to time. That's actually the real reason it just happens. It's when money comes into the stock market, it tends to go into the ones that are the easiest to invest in. And it's easier to invest in Microsoft you know, at the hundreds of billions of dollars or whatever the market value is instead of some company who may be $100 million in revenue, which is pretty big, right? But it's a fraction of what Microsoft is. Microsoft, you can get in and out of that stock very easily. You buy that $100 million company, and your own buying as a fund manager could push the price up 40 or 50% in a day. Mm-hmm. So you're going to... The better funds or the funds that are investing in the better stocks are probably going to avoid a lot of those stocks because they know that if they can bring it up that high, they can also drop it that quickly. And those stocks get avoided, even though they might be better long-term investments. My question is always, you think Microsoft was a better buy when it was only $400 million or when it's $400 billion? <laughs> Which one's the better buy? And a lot of people will say, oh, $400 billion for sure. Uh, yeah, no, see, that's the thinking that gets us into these messes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and Microsoft yeah. had a 17 year period where it was negative 17 years. By the way, so did Apple. Uh, so has Walmart. Uh, Facebook hasn't been around long enough to see anything like that, but even, uh, Facebook's got a lot of volatility to it. And at some point in time, you know, their growth rate's slowing down to a, a crawl now. I don't know if you've uh, looked at it, but they're running ads every, you know, every two or three minutes. So what that tells me as a casual observer is, uh, wow, these guys might be peaking. You know, the, uh, your, the subscriber growth is not nearly as good. The ad growth is still wonderful until it isn't. And, uh, it does... so, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. So getting back to my original question, okay. um, is there any kind of price break when a, a CFP buys no uh, no they other different than what a an individual would pay or nope. or is it pretty much the same it's the same uh, and and okay. again you have to ask the CFP they're required to tell you this by the way how are you being compensated how do you get paid I have to show exactly and so do they right if you, if you ask well, them they're required to, to tell you that yeah and and I I, I know that unfortunately she's not getting that data because she says she doesn't want to see it, you know? Oh, so oh, that's kind of, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's I a little know. rough. <laughs> Mike. And I, I have a question. Um, and I, one of your earlier callers, uh, kind of touched on it. Um, 
with your clients, do you uh, recommend uh, traditional IRAs or Roths or a combination of both? You know, it really depends on their tax situation, uh, what they're trying to accomplish. And uh, so we'll recommend, depending on what is best for them, and that's what really gets tricky is when you have a man and wife together that have different goals. (laughs) That's rough. (laughs) I had no idea I was signing up to be a marriage counselor. (laughs) Well, you know, on a personal basis, uh, I invested solely in traditional IRA, Mm -hmm. not totally understanding. uh, See, I'm with you, though. I'd rather do the traditional IRA than I would do the Roth. And I'll tell you why. Uh, You're only going to get taxed on the money that you take out of the IRA to supplement your income in retirement. Mm -hmm. And the tax is going to be smaller because you're going to be in a lower tax bracket, more than likely, because you're not working. And the uh, uh, if you look at the tax saving, this is but this is what happens: people take the tax savings that they got from deducting it from their income, and they blow it. They just spend it. Hey, this is found money. Yeah, you right. should, probably shouldn't do that. You should probably take that money and invest that also. And today, with the uh, ETF rules, holy cow, that's a uh, that's almost as good as a Roth. The uh, it, it's crazy. I can't believe they got those laws through Congress. And at some point in time, Congress is going to realize what happened. Probably t- take that away from them. But the uh, we'll have it as long. I, I don't know. I think they're probably too strong to get that changed now. But anyway, um, yeah. If you took the savings, the tax savings that you're going to get from the tax deduction, and then invested that, so that the out of, out of pocket cost is the same, you end up with a lot more money at the end of your uh, investing career, whatever that is, you know, before you start to take money. And even if you're paying taxes on a portion of it, you're only paying taxes on the money that you take out, not the whole thing. And and right. people forget to do that calculation. Actually, a lot of people don't even know to do that calculation. And when you look at it from that standpoint, guess what? The deductible IRA wins most of the time. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of the time. Yeah you end up accumulating a lot more money. And people do, oh, but you're going to have to pay more taxes, not unless you spend it all. You know, and right. you, you know, you're only paying taxes on the money that you take out, not the entire thing. And that's, right. and, uh, that's, that's what people forget. And then they also forget, you know, you just saved X number of dollars on your taxes. Maybe let's, let's call it a thousand bucks, your 20% bracket. Okay, so you take that thousand bucks instead of spending it, invest that. By the way, put that into a no load investment only annuity that's also tax deferred that's like a non-deductible ira with no limits you can put as much as you want in there now you are really cooking with gas <laughs> and that can accumulate to uh, a massive amount of money and uh i've gone to a point in my career now i've been taking rmds for a few years now okay and uh my investments have done so well uh that uh my income with having to take RMDs is so much higher than I ever had anticipated. That's awesome. That, that yeah, yeah, that puts it's you. A in nice a, problem to have. It is. That puts you in the top three uh, percent of all individuals. So when you're walking around the mall, you're one out of thirty. <laughs> 
all the people that you're walking past, like 29 out of 30 of them are not going to be in the position that you're in. Well, I was kind of the poster child for for investors with having maxed out on my uh, contributions to my 401k for right. several years yep. and uh, just did everything right and invested solely in traditional IRA, not a Roth. Right. And, and then on top of that, uh, I held off uh, getting uh, my uh, Social Security and uh, took uh, the spousal benefits. Right. Um, oh. From 65 to 80, yeah. 70. That's awesome. And so it's like, uh, man, I'm kind of proud of what I did, but now I'm scratching my head and say, should I have put some money into um, a Roth to kind of balance things out, or was I, did I do the right thing by investing solely in? traditional IRA. Well, see, I, That's kind of the, the yeah. whole question is right there. I think you did the right thing. And, uh, and I'll tell you the main reason why you had a plan. You mm-hmm. followed the plan. The plan was successful. Very. So, in, in other words, who cares? <laughs> 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 That's water under the dam. And it's not going to matter now. And unless they change, by the way, you know, they dropped the tax rates. So the uh, so people that paid taxes, when you figure that out, how much would the money that you paid in taxes, what, how much would that have grown to if it was also tax deferred? That's my point. People forget. They leave that out of the equation. And if you go back and do that math, you're going to be looking at that and you're going to be going, wow, the uh, yeah, I did very, very well. So, but, um, and who knows what the future tax laws are going to be? That, that's another thing. Um, nobody knows. Are, are they probably going to be higher? Well, probably because they're actually fairly low right now uh, because of the tax reform that, that has occurred. You know, you can't really run deficits like this forever. Um, and deficits are really not that bad because the economy has been doing very well. Okay. And uh, as the GDP goes up, so, you know, tax revenue is a percentage of GDP. <laughs> So that that's actually it hasn't been uh, increasing as fast as it would have if the economy ever were to slow down a little bit, and it'll slow down again one day. That's just the nature of the beast. But uh, well, not- and another thing too is what you you I've heard you say several times on this show, and it's very true that not for people just to live within their means, but live below their means. Yes, we did that all of our. Uh, investing years, my wife and I both. Oh, that and is so awesome. now we're losing the benefits. And now I'm, I'm saying, I say benefits in quotations. It's like, mm-hmm. is this really a benefit? But from yeah. what you're saying is, it's a yeah. huge benefit. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Terry, yeah. I got to take another quick commercial break. You're welcome to hang on if you'd like to. No, I'm good. Okay. Thanks well, so much for the information. Have a good weekend. Listen to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Be back after these messages. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420, The Answer. Hey, this is also available as a podcast on my website. Uh, thank you to uh, iHeartRadio. 
for doing that. There's a link right there if you want to pick it up. If you hear something you really like and you miss it, you can always replay it. And you can also go to the 955thefish.com to check it out there. Also have a seminar coming up. This is January 30th. This seminar is going to be the question and answer seminar. We're going to talk about uh, how long this economy might be on a roll. What kinds of things are going to be driving it in the future? What kind of opportunities are opening up on the investment side? Uh, we're going to talk about interest rates. Are they ever going to go up? We're going to talk about minimizing taxes without reducing returns. That's a lot easier today than it ever has been, by the way. How do you minimize risk when the stock market's so volatile? The, uh, in other words, we're in a pretty good spot. And I'm going to talk about each one of those topics, and then I'm going to open up to questions and let you guys ask whatever you'd like. And if I don't know the question, by the way, I'll write it down, or you can email it to me, and, and I'll look it up. Now, I know that most people have busy lives, and, and they don't really know uh, a lot of things that they would like to know. And I'm the same way, by the way, because nothing is as constant as change. And keeping up with it, it's pretty hard. <laughs> So, and I thought I would take kind of the last section of, of each show. I'm talking about the uh, Lookout for the Bull website. That's another business that we have. It is a, uh, it's like a tip sheet for stocks that are moving up really fast. The style of investing is called momentum investing. And uh, I think it's, well, actually, intellectually, it's easier. It's simpler. But psychologically, it's at least as tough as being a long-term value-oriented investor. Psychologically, it's pretty hard. So, And you'll know more about that if you ever try it. You know, The website there, it's up right now. It's as a subscription. Uh, it's 20 bucks a month. The uh, uh, $20 a month because I'm not just running a scan and posting it. I'm actually looking and hand-picking these stocks. I'm hand-picking the stocks. These are the stocks that I'm actually running a portfolio with. I started this when I started the Lookout for the Bull website just so I could track it. I didn't put a lot of money in it. Uh, I didn't, and I don't think that you should either because most of you have lives that are going to take you away from him being able to stay right in front of the stock market, but it can be a part-time hobby that's very successful. And so I'm going to go just go down through the list of stocks that I've purchased since I started this a couple months ago. And I'm going to start with the one that I'm currently doing the worst on. <laughs> I'll work up work my way up to the ones I've done the best on. Now, some stocks have already been stopped out at losses, by the way. So I, I haven't actually gone back to, to calculate what those are. Uh, I do know that the portfolios over the last four months is up about 13.5%. And I've been saving these because whenever you say something like that, whenever I bring out a return like that, uh, if somebody ever, you know, if, the how Department of Securities ever comes in, they're going to say, "Hey, you mentioned that, and you mentioned the performance. And now we need every transaction." So, and I'm and they think they're going to get me, and I'm going to like, "No, I got you," <laughs> because I've saved everything. <laughs> so the first one I'm going to start off with is, is Signet Jewelers, uh, symbol is SIG. I'm down five point six percent on my purchase. Now, yesterday it was actually down eight point three percent in a day, in one day. Why am I only down 5.6? Because I was up a little bit before it actually pulled back. Does that make sense? So uh, that's one of the things you got to uh, kind of get through your your mind when you're when you're doing this. Next one is Stitch Fix, SFIX. I'm down five percent on that one. I've only had that one a few days. Uh, Stitch Fix, by the way, uh, go to their website. It's it's pretty cool. 
The next one I'm down on is Spotify. A lot of people are probably surprised. You're down on Spotify? Yeah. You know, get used to it. It's down 2.6%, 2.62. Another one I'm down on is Solar Edge. And I've been stopped out on this one like two or three times. So the, um, um, I'm not, I actually have to go back and look at all the transactions to see how much I'm down totally. But it's only down 1.36% since I made that purchase. And uh, it was up 3% Friday. So that actually, what does that mean? It means it was down over 4%, and now it's only down 1.36%. Okay. A company called Corvo, symbol QRVO, is minus 0.34%. Now, if you'll notice, every stock I've talked about so far has been a loser. I'm actually behind. The last one I bought, I think just yesterday, um, Bausch Health uh, Company is down 0.24% from my purchase price. So why am I talking about all these losers? Because that's just my personality. I like to put the worst news up front. Okay, And the better news is Seagate Technologies is up 3% since I bought it. Even better than this, Papa John's, and I don't like that guy that runs Papa John's. I'm not a big fan of that dude. The uh, uh, But it's up 17.8%. I'll take that. Sweet. I don't like you, but I'm not too proud to make money on your stock. <laughs> the, uh, you know, I'm going to have to do this all the time now. I'm going to have to keep every single transaction that ever occurred in this account. Yeah, I don't care. It, it's not a big deal, but uh, especially since they're all computerized. The Stars Group, TSG is a symbol on that one. That one's up 18.25. Tower Semiconductor, TSEM, it's up 19% since I bought it. CVS, yes, CVS. People are like, what? You're investing in that old clunky? Yeah, yep, and it's up 19.45, okay? The uh, Land's End, that one's a recent purchase, was down 1.65% yesterday. It's up 21.36% since I bought it. Land's End, can you believe that? The clothing company? Now, here's this company. I'm not even sure what these guys do. Think about this. I'm not sure what they do. I just liked their symbol. <laughs> I liked the symbol. And actually, I do have an idea what they do. Uh, but I don't have a big, a good idea about what they do. But I liked the symbol. And there was a certain pattern that showed up, a stock chart pattern that showed up that I really like a lot. So I bought it. And it's up 25.9% since I purchased it. Okay. Not bad, right? All I did was pick the, the symbol that I like. It's aqua. <laughs> AQUA, and it's up 25.9. Uh, anyway, next one, Applied Materials, up 27.58. That's a semiconductor company. Um, you've probably heard about it. They're one of the bigger semiconductor equipment manufacturers. You've heard me talk all about those things. Every time I see a semiconductor stock comes up on this scan, I like to buy them. Ultra Clean Holdings, another semiconductor, UCTT. It's up 33.4% since I bought it. Everybody's going to love this one. Tesla, T-S-L-A. Okay. It's up 45.47 since I bought it just a couple months ago. The, uh, and I think I got stopped out on that one uh, right away too. And then I just turned around and, and bought it back. Okay, but uh, Tesla, I was, in fact, I held the stock the other day when he did that, sh- that display of the new truck that came out and was going to, Talk about how great the bulletproof, bulletproof 
glass windows were and the, the steel ball goes down and shatters it. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, it's pretty funny. Yeah, anyway, that truck looks awful. Okay, But I didn't let it deter me. I have my trailing stop in there, and I'm going to stick with that. And, you know, if it goes back, in fact, it didn't even go down enough to stop me out. So when you would think, this is a great lesson for you guys. Listen up. You see that bad negative publicity that that guy got that day. You know, he was he actually laughed about it when the steel ball came down. It was supposed to bounce off the window, and it busted it instead. And then they did it again, and same same outcome. <laughs> Go to YouTube and watch that video. You would have thought that that stock would just crash, right? I mean, hey, this thing's not working. And by the way, that is an ugly truck. He's got a lot of nerve calling that a truck. You know, it looks like something I don't know, from a science fiction movie. Anyway, it's supposed to be a truck. <laughs> Think about that. So anyway, if I had a panicked, you know, I wouldn't be up 45.47. That's what you get for thinking, all you thinkers out there. Hey, that stock's going to crash. Stop thinking. Pay attention to the things you can control, like how much risk you're taking. Anyway, the last one, synaptics. And I know, actually, I talked about that, uh, I think, when we bought it. Yeah, it's up 55% since I purchased it. Think about that. 55% in a few months. So if I look across the board, the uh, right now I've got mm, a little over 22% in cash in that account. And the average gain of the average stock is actually 16.57. Uh, that's the average gain. So you start off with losers. And you go up through your winners, and as long as your winners are bigger than your losers, that's kind of the how how that works. And uh, there are only I think I've only got about twenty stocks, and no, no, not even not even twenty, thirteen or fourteen. Anyway, so I've got a lot of cash, and uh, uh, the total of the current holdings, but that's not from the beginning. Now that I hear the music, I'm actually going to have to, uh, you can call me in the office or, or send me an email. I'll be glad to respond if you have any questions regarding that. But that's the lookout for the Bull website. Uh, hear the music. That means my show is over. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon, also on the uh, uh, Fish's podcast site, 955thefish.com. Have a good week, good luck, and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.